Hello team, it's Pam here from Alt Marketing School. I have a question for you right now and that is what would happen if you could market to hearts and not brains? What would you think would happen if you knew that you could make the world a better place with positive impact marketing but putting purpose and results first? If you want to find out, then come and join us for the Alt Marketing Certification. Our six-week digital bootcamp for professionals who want to do marketing differently and advance their career along the way. Join me and our six incredible teachers to learn how to advance your career with confidence by applying effective systems and frameworks to the latest trends. The next cohort is coming up soon, so I would love to have you join us. And all you have to do is apply to join at altmarketingschool.com slash learn. Go to altmarketingschool.com slash learn to apply for the next cohort of All Marketing School certification. Hello and welcome to Make an Impact Show, a podcast run by Creative Impact Co. Our mission is to help creatives grow their business, hone their marketing, and share their stories via outstanding content. Hello, squirrel friends, and hello, Amy. How are you? I'm good, thank you. How are you feeling? I'm a happy squirrel eating a little nut. That's that's how happy I am <laughs> right now today. I am feeling elated. We just finished our event and every single time after one of our events, I usually is like lay down horizontal, being happy about being alive, but also being happy not to have to, I don't know, prepare for a Zoom call. Usually that's kind of how I feel. But I'm really excited to actually be able to kind of share some of the wisdom that we learned with you today. That's kind of what I wanted to warm up for our interview today. I just really thought we have pivoted and pivoting and obviously kind of resilience is a big topic for today. And we pivoted massively because events are a big thing for us, bringing people together are a big thing. And I think we really had to think on our feet when it came to how to host online events that felt inclusive and supportive and actually experiential as much as possible. So I wanted to ask you, Amy, obviously, from our side as the organizers, what, what was one of the hardest things to do? Because you obviously were with us also when we were doing the in-person events. Uh, when it comes to kind of like that change and that element of actually taking it online. Yeah, there are quite a few difficulties, actually. It's an amazing opportunity to have because one of the major perks was that we didn't have to rely on people traveling into London um, for our events, which is quite a stumbling block for quite a lot of people. But um, I think it was trying to make it just as exciting because I think it's quite easy to be like, oh, it's another online event. Just click the Zoom link here. Um, but actually create that, as you were saying, create that community and the inclusion and just saying that actually this is going to be amazing and you will have a really good time. And I love that you're hosting or you've hosted and you will continue to host the kind of live networking sessions as well. And that really brings people together and adds an element to online events that not all of them do. So I think that's um, a really good thing that we're doing. And I agree. And actually, I cannot stress enough how much it has been at the beginning, that kind of mindset shift for the potential attendees and for people, obviously, to try and explain that it will be same but different. And that's okay for it to be different so that you can set the right expectations. On my side, one positive thing I would say, I guess, was definitely the element of the ease of communication with speakers. And I, I mean, I should say that Amy does most of the communication. However, for the platform that we use, I found that 
personally, it taught us so much about how to make it as easy and straightforward and beneficial for the speakers as well as possible. I don't know what is the feedback that you got from the speakers themselves because they're a big part of the events as well. Yeah, they're absolutely huge. And I think when it's in real life, kind of chasing up speakers, like they're all amazing, but sometimes they don't reply to your emails and you're like, have you got this information? Have you got this? Whereas using the platform that we use, I could just kind of direct them there, give them a video, how to kind of how to upload their own area and do that. And then yeah, I think they all found it really seamless, actually, as well. And it's that kind of, it's quite intuitive to use. So yeah, I definitely think that's been a major help. And another thing that I was going to mention that I think is another very important point that sometimes we don't think about, uh, which you mentioned when it comes to the networking. So thank you for acknowledging that because it is a lot of time and a lot of energy as well, but it's worth it. And I think it's definitely that moderation part. So that again, back with love and kudos to you because you're also in there moderating uh, every single live session and that makes such a big difference because we don't think about the fact that it's good to be passive and to be listeners but also the, the attendees are really proactive get the most out of the sessions as well which I think is super fascinating and I wanted to ask you is there anything that you have done that have made moderation easier for you as the moderator when it comes to being in the chat and engage? I think practice. So with our awards event, that was kind of the first time I was really moderating them. And after the first two, I was just away with it. I was just always chatting in there. And the more you chat, the more people chat back. And it's just constantly reminding them that they can ask their questions or it's just saying, oh, wow, I didn't know that. And just simple things that you think in your head, but putting it onto the screen so other people can see it just really encourages them to be a bit more active um so I think just go for it just write as much as you want obviously not too spammy but just go for it and it just really engages and encourages conversation which is ultimately another kind of element of networking and getting people together yeah I love that and again as I said if you joined us live you will know that because you've seen Amy like storming through all the sessions the panels and the questions if you haven't you can still watch the replays and I'll tell you where to find them in a second but yeah I just basically wanted this to be another way just to reassure and remind people that online events are actually a great opportunity to potentially widen your audience and help more people and connect more people doesn't substitute to me an offline event, but also we need to be honest about what we can do and how we can, you know, I want to say make lemonades out of lemon, but I'm going to say make lemons out of lemonade. Let's go even <laughs> harder. How are you going to make lemons out of lemonade? Let me show you. Moving that... line. <laughs> Very good point. Look, I love it the same way. Hold on. And that kind of almost brings me back to what we're going to talk about today. So today you have a bit of a surprise. Uh, we're going to share with you an amazing chat that we had with the lovely Fiona Moss about how to pivot and obviously how to build resilience during uncertain times, regardless of the type of uncertain times you might be in. And this is obviously one of the chats there you also could access at Make Your Impact. And I loved it so much. And I think it's so relevant right now that we wanted to share with everyone. If you do want to find out more about the event and watch the replays, which will be available for another couple of months, you can just go to creativeimpact.group slash replay, and there you will be able to access and find out more about, obviously, how to access the event as well. Uh, without further ado, though, uh, let us talk to the lovely Fiona Masters, going to tell us a bit more about who she is, what she does, and also how we can find those pillars that we need in order to find resilience during uncertainty. <laughs> Hello, everyone, and welcome, Fiona, to our humble home. Hello, welcome. Thank you very much for having me. 
It's an absolute pleasure. Please make yourself comfortable in this virtual home. Uh, <laughs> I'm very comfortable here now. I think we're all very comfortable in the virtual world. <laughs> that is very true. I hope you had a lovely uh, end of the year and beginning of the year. This is quite timely at the time of recording. We are going to be talking about resilience, which I think has been probably word of the year for a lot of us. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm super excited to have you here. Can you give us a bit of context just in case people don't know who you are about who you are, what you're up to, what's your jam, and obviously who you help? Yeah, well, firstly, Happy New Year. I know Happy New Year to anyone as well who's listening and watching. So to introduce myself before we dive into any of those topics that you sort of mentioned, my name is Fiona Moss and I am a careers coach. So predominantly, I help women who are unfulfilled in their work to escape the job and to find more fulfillment and more purpose in a career that they love. And this allows them to achieve more with their life and more for themselves as well, and actually allows them to achieve their fullest potential. So I help my clients predominantly one-to-one, but I've also set up a platform called You First uh, with the mission statement to inspire women to start to put themselves first a little bit more to become the best version of themselves. And quite often people see the, the slogan You First and think that that could be quite selfish, but I try and encourage people to look at it with a different lens and understand that by actually by putting yourself first more and becoming the best version of yourself, you can more for other people. So um, I support my clients through that by courses, by webinars uh, and in, you know, normal life events as well. So there's a lot going on. Thank you so much. And I love the fact that we started with the idea of you first. And also we started with the caveat of people might think, or maybe like assume, oh, does it feel a bit selfish? However, you know, what's interesting, I was thinking about obviously the element of resilience, the element of pivoting and changing and adapting. And I think that's been a big wake up call for a lot of people when it comes to adaptability and change. And I obviously want to hear your opinion, actually thinking about what are other priorities in my life and how can I make the different elements of my life fit together? Something you talked about, excuse me, that you help people with anyway. Um, and actually make it all work so that I can put myself first as well, as well as helping other people as well in their journey. And I wanted to hear a bit, how do you feel that idea, that way of looking at self-care or ourselves or, you know, the balance that we have in life fits with the idea of actually building that resilience that we're looking for? Huge part of it. And it is a fundamental piece of it that I would like to like sort of talk through more today and like as we go into sort of this topic in more um in more depth but I just think actually we need to look at ourselves whether it is as a business leader as an individual on a more holistic level and actually we are just one person we are not you know just a business owner over here a friend over here you know a girlfriend or a boyfriend or whoever we are in like these different silos we are all one person so and actually in order to be the best version of ourselves, whether that is professional or personally, looking after your, your health, whether that's emotionally, spiritually, physically, is a fundamental piece of actually the foundations, I would say, of it. And therefore, we need to make sure that we are looking after our health in order to be more resilient. And that, as I say, I'll, I'll go into that in more depth as we sort of work through the three different pillars that I sort of pulled out in terms of, you know, thinking about how we can be more resilient at times like these what would be your first pillar then now that you piqued my curiosity okay so if we if we think about you know our resilience so I think quite often I I would probably say this very much in terms of the British people quite often we think of resilience is as ignoring potentially 
or is just getting on with it. And it's that idea of just getting on and actually just moving forward is what resilience is. And I would completely argue that that is not resilience. That's just ignoring. Resilience is actually having the capability to recognize an issue and actually work to overcome it. That is resilience and actually to know when to pull back, to know when to push forward in order to be adaptable. And I love that you've already pulled out that word because I think adaptability feeds resilience, but I think also resilience feeds adaptability. So there are, you know, each of them feed into one another. So right now, all of 2020, how much of 2021, we don't know, but it's a really uncertain time. It's really testing our resilience, but it's not going to be the only time in our lives that is going to be uncertain you know whether that's because in a few years we go through a recession or maybe sooner you know or maybe it's more of a personal challenge or professional challenge there's always going to be these times of uncertainty so therefore it's really really key to start understanding okay well how therefore can I build my resilience to move through these times to make sure that I continue to keep progressing so the three pillars that I sort of wanted to pull out today and sort of talk you through in order to make sure that you can build up your resilience and the first one is about stripping it all back. Now, I'd love to talk about some of these on both a professional and a personal like lens, but sometimes we just need to strip it back to the very basics. And actually, if we're looking at it from a professional, from a business lens, you know, maybe in order to be more resilient, in order to make sure that you're able to work through the uncertainty and work through the challenges, just being able to connect to our core purpose. So going back to the basics, why are you doing what you're doing in the first place? What drove you when you started? You know, starting to think about those purpose in a bit more depth. What would you be willing to do for free? You know, what do you want to be remembered for? These are questions that I ask my clients when I'm asking them to really get clear on their purpose. You know, what would you do? Like, what would you get out of bed for on the darkest days? You know, some of these questions get clear on why you're doing what you're doing because it's more about the why you're doing what you're doing rather than necessarily the how. And therefore, when you understand the why, you can adapt your how. And being able to connect back to that wire feeds into that resilience. So it's all about picking up these different strands and moving forward them, being more adaptable, being resilient in that adaptability. But then if you also look at it from a personal perspective, and I said before, you know, we're just one person, Sometimes just stripping it back to the basics in order to feed into allowing you to be more resilient, allowing you to stay on top of your health and all those sort of things is really key. And I spoke about it on my Instagram story this morning, actually, just sort of coincidentally. And the three key things that I pulled out here was just about eating well, feeding your body properly, not, you know, relying on quick, fast food that's not really nourishing your body, making sure you're getting adequate amount of sleep, you know, not taking your phone to bed making sure that you're moving and that could be a hit exercise, walking, yoga, whatever it is, but making sure you're getting blood pumping around your body and endorphins running. They are so simple, but sometimes just stripping it back to the basics is what we really, really need. And sometimes recognizing when we need to go down a few gears in order to move up a hill is really sort of key. Otherwise we just grind and grind and grind and try and force things that are not going to support us to be resilient, to move through challenging times. So that was number one. <laughs> and I love that because it really reminds me of that idea of, there's, there's kind of like two folds for me when I hear about this and I talk about this myself. 
in my upcoming book, which by the time people listen to this, they probably have got the idea that the claim your time off is coming out uh, because I talk about it quite a lot. But in the book, <laughs> I really, unsurprisingly, <laughs> I'm proud of it. But in the, book, in the book, it really reminds me of what, what I talk about a lot, which is that element of there is a strive and there is an interest and there is a need for, you know, in a way, uh, make sure that we can be as optimal and feel as good as possible and also then understanding that balance. I mean, you mentioned a lot of incredible things, but this thing really stuck with me, which is that balance between, yes, it's great to do all of these great things, but also stripping it back and understanding the why and then in order not to overwhelm ourselves, mm-hmm. building up this little habit in a way that feels sustainable to us. Because I think it's kind of like almost like a question that I have for you, because stripping it back can mean so many things. And I love the idea of why versus how. Because once you detach yourself and your ego from the how, you can actually open up to whatever opportunity comes and then be honest about whether it's a yes or no. So I love that. Um, But I wanted to elaborate or ask you a bit more about how do you think we can find a balance between, yes, doing the little things, you know, like the things that can actually make us feel better and holistically in our life, but also make sure that we don't try to get into that January, let's let's use the January New Year's resolution, but that kind of like, oh my God, I'm going to biohack my life and then feel overwhelmed and then we're back to square one. So before we get into the next, maybe the next pillar, how can we find a bit more of that balance between, yes, wanting to build some incredible little habits for ourselves and new little things that can help us, but also not doing too much so that we feel a bit stuck. Yeah, and I'm with you on that. And like you see that is so typical, particularly in January. And, you know, everyone's suddenly like, I'm going to work out five days a week. I'm going to do this, that and the other. And none of it sticks past January. So it's understanding about, you know, what works for you. But I think also what happens is that people think too short term. I'm going to do this in January, I'm going to do this for the sort of the next however long. And they go all in for that period of time, which is great. It would be great if you're working towards an event or, you know, something like that, that has a particular deadline to it. But if you're trying to implement daily habits and lifestyle changes, and move your life forward and keep that onward trajectory going forward and not just for January, not just for sort of the first couple of months. You need to make sure that you're thinking broader and you're thinking in terms of a bigger picture and then scaling it back. Too often people think short term and try and scale it up. And what I do with my clients is I get them to look bigger. What do they want in their life? Or what do they want in the next year? What do they want in the next few years? okay, well, what does that then look like over the next six months, three months, month? You know, then what do you need to do each week? When you break it down like that, it makes it a lot easier to digest. And then you can actually manage it in terms of, okay, well, what's realistic then for me to start doing this week? And then if that sticks and I can ensure that that's working okay for me, what can I then add to that and build and build and build on that? And you know exactly where you're heading rather than just throwing everything at yourself all, all in one go. And I've literally just sent a message to one of my friends who launched uh, the marketing and she launched a coaching business and she went all in last year and then just sort of burned herself out because, you know, she, she tried to do so much in one go. And it's great. And I'm all about people taking action. But there is a long game to this as well. And it's about understanding what that long game is for you to make sure that you can retain that balance to ensure that you keep that resilience up in order to move forward. Love that. 
Now, step pillar, magic number two, magical moment, magical pillar number two. Okay, so number two, I would say stop doing things that don't work for you. So if we're talking about professionally here, quite often what you see is when people go through times of uncertainty, they're feeling challenged, they don't know what to do, you know, everything's all up in the air. They try and just play copycat and they try and do things that other people are doing. But if we connect back to that why, Simon Sinek, which Simon Sinek talks a lot about, and he says that authenticity cannot be achieved without clarity of your why. So first you just connect back to that why. What we want to aim for is being truly authentic and what works for you. How do you show up in testing times? How do you show up as a person who can be trusted? How can you show up authentically? Like what do you stand for? What are your skill sets? You know, what are your strengths? How can you show up as a leader? You know, all of these things, understanding what works for you. And again, that comes back to self-care potentially. What works for you in those testing times in order to be the best version of yourself? So, okay, Susan does yoga every day and that really helps her through these uncertain times. Doesn't work for you. You know, you just can't sit there. You don't connect to it. Perhaps maybe, you know, going to do Tai Chi or something's better for you. But the same in business, you know, if you look at people on Instagram, everyone just copies one another. And (laughs) probably this is going to be really controversial, but, you know, those reels where everyone points and puts words and things like that, everyone just started doing it at one point and it didn't necessarily fit the branding of certain, certain businesses or certain people. And it was just felt just like copycat. People are reaching out and just trying to copy what other people are doing while they're thinking, who am I? What's my voice? You know, how can I stand up? And actually by being more authentic, by feeling a lot more like yourself, by knowing how you're going to show up, it's more enjoyable and it feeds into your resilience. And you don't feel stressed by trying to force something and you can actually just listen to your own intuition. So I think, you know, one part of this, or a huge part of resilience, we've spoken about it in both these two pillars, it's just about connecting to yourself, just about connecting to your why, your purpose, who you are, being authentic to you and actually just being really honest and listening to yourself and listening to what you need and listening to what your strengths are in order to be more resilient and move through the challenges. And it spoke to me so much because when we when we do something in the collective, for example, and again, I love my members, but when we do something, we do maybe like a more hands-on masterclass and we did one actually on Reels, funnily enough, last year, obviously because people asked me for it. Or we do something else as well. And sometimes we've got workshops. And depending on obviously the, the style of, of teaching, I'm a marketer. So a lot of what I teach is marketing, really. And and people love the frameworks, but people really, you know, they really like the hacks. You really like that little quick fix, the thing that always seems to work so well, therefore. And it's fine. It's just the way that we are actually programmed, the way that we see things, the way that we think things work. So I understand that. Again, as a marketer, I've seen that. And a lot of the online world is based on some things that work really well and might have a lot um, shorter shelf life. This is a bit of a rant, but what I'm trying to say is that if, for example, for, for a reason or another, for one week, the algorithm doesn't like you, but still you're managing to reach your people that will come back to you, they enjoy, they engage. Because you're confident that you're doing what, what you love and you enjoy it, then you won't be so upset. You won't be so caught up in this doesn't work for me for this week because things will go in abs and flows. So I really love what you're saying because I can see that really helping. 
everybody goes through ups and downs because the online world, you, you know, you don't own most of it. So you kind of have to adapt to the rules that are there. Mm-hmm. So, and I think you just, then you can, as you say, you can apply in your personal life. And it's so important. It's like, if you still enjoy doing it, but you do it just without looking at any performance or any specific thing, just for the sake of it, you know, it can be such a more rewarding thing sometimes than really having to constantly look for the, uh, for the target, look for the, you know, just doing things for the sake of doing them. Sometimes yeah. it can be nice. I can, I completely agree with that. And I was on a coaching call, this a group coaching call this morning, and we kind of had the same conversation, you know, there's all these different hacks that you can have. And I, I completely agree with you. And I actually think they're great. And I think we should all try and apply them or learn from them, but you've got to recognize which ones work for you. So it's like looking at the shelf of all these different books or, you know, tools and going, okay, well, they're all here. Which one's going to work for me in this particular scenario, according to my brand, according to my my voice, according to the authentic version of me. And that just enables you to, to get a bit clearer so that you don't feel like you're literally just walking along trying to grab everything and that can be so overwhelming just trying to literally just keep up with other people and play copycat the most you know successful people that you see out there you know who they are they've got a really authentic voice the way they do things whether you agree with it whether you like it or not it doesn't matter but they're consistent with who they are and they're consistent with their brand and they continue to be that voice and I think sometimes you know as I said, people might not like it, but it's good to sometimes be a voice where people have an opinion because they have an opinion then rather than just kind of just you just fading into the into the distance. But I just think that, you know, when you really connect to that, it allows you to be more resilient in moving your business forward. I agree. And I, and I think it's so important. And it's just like a little reminder as well, because as you say, the time that probably people are watching and hearing this you might be in a position where everybody feels a bit you know on the edge and everybody feels a bit in this kind of motion and ebbs and flow but you will have other times as you mentioned at the beginning and so it's very important to be able to build these little muscles you can get back to when you feel lost for whichever reason yeah so what is our number toi toi well, um, you're welcome um, for the French. number three is about shifting the mindset to embrace the opportunity within the challenge and I know that's an incredible incredibly difficult yeah I'm all for that but it's an incredibly different difficult skill but I think it is all about perspective it's all about the choice that you have in terms of how you perceive a situation rather than just feeling an emotion because it comes up we all have a choice in terms of our perception of situations in terms of our emotions in terms of our choices so starting to put a lens on a challenging situation of rather of defeat but more of a growth mindset to think okay, well, what is this teaching me? Or what can I learn from it? That doesn't mean that you can't acknowledge that this sucks and none of us want to be at home all the time and can't see our friends and do things that we should be doing in our life. That's not to say that you can't acknowledge that, but it's about not being stuck in it and actually saying, okay, well, what can I learn from this? So is this exposing weaknesses of mine? And therefore, what do I need to develop? You know, are there opportunities where I can go and learn more about whether it's myself or my business or how can I grow? Can I grow my network? Can I grow my skill set? You know, really leaning into those uh, weaknesses so that you can move out of the uncertain time, whether that is this pandemic or whatever it is, 
more more stronger more you know understanding of how like who you are what you stand for what your strengths are and hopefully have developed some skills as well along the way and they might not be the skills or it might not be the direction it takes you that you thought back at January the 1st 2020 but things do change tact and we will always you know take different directions it's called life you know there will be plenty of ups and downs it's about embracing those situations and asking, okay, well, this is the situation. That, so therefore, what can I do to learn from it or to move forward from it? I hear a lot of elements of self-awareness here, which I personally love. And I know that is the curse and the blessing of being an entrepreneur. It's just that element of not going through the motions with what happens to us, which is, by the way, just I mean, on a personal perspective, at least, it can be quite energy depleting because it can be because you're actually putting a lot of energy into not just sometimes saying okay this just sucked let's move on but you actually want to get back and understand as you say the lessons so it's not to say that is an easy thing to do Mm. but it definitely I would say that's probably where I've been able personally to pick up myself the best and to listen to my intuition the best after I put out the time and the effort to just stop and be like okay this royally sucked. This was really, really wrong. What what can I learn from it? How can I how can I move forward and maybe not have it happen again? Uh, so that's what I would say because I know that you know maybe you try and approach it for the first time and start asking those questions, and it just feels hard. And it's it's okay. That's what I would say. Then it becomes more of a practice. But at the beginning, I think it's a it's a big test when it comes to your self awareness and actual like kindness to yourself almost. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And I think you're right that sometimes it can be a blessing and a curse and it can be quite depleting in terms of energy. But I think what it does allow you, I think it allows you to go higher than not having that awareness because sometimes people have this awareness and maybe they ignore or you often hear when people are like, it's fine, you know, I'm fine, my job's fine, it's not great, it's fine. But actually having the awareness to go, no, it sucks, I'm going to do something about it actually just allows you to go higher yeah okay sometimes maybe it does allow you to go a little bit lower as well but actually you know our emotions and those swings are life and emotions are the colors of life as well and actually by recognizing all those different colors we can actually paint like a much brighter picture um so I think just having that awareness is is on one I actually think it's a wonderful wonderful thing but I think you are right it's about it can be depleting sometimes. So I think sometimes, you know, using some of these tools we've spoken about today, you know, really connecting back to your purpose, really like stripping it back to basics sometimes is where it can be really, really key. Um, And I think quite often, you know, just in our society, we're not, we're not taught any of these things. We're not taught about how to be more aware or also how to be adaptable, like you mentioned at the beginning. And I think that's where people struggle and people don't have the resilience to move through things necessarily because, We've not been brought up in a society which is, you know, you've been told how to be adaptable. So actually just leaning into some of these basic skills and actually just listening to yourself more. And, you know, you should be the one that knows yourself better than anyone else. So actually just taking that time to listen to yourself is really key. I think it's a great toolkit that you can have that you can really build on. And it's so cheesy, but it's true. There's a kind of like, you know, a lot of the, the this job, a lot of the, the job of an entrepreneur is mindset. And then obviously there's everything else. And like some people say 90% mindset, 10% strategy. 
I do like to go a bit higher on the strategy because I like strategy, but then again, I'm biased. That's my job. But I do believe that the, that mindset piece, because it's not, as you say, rightfully, it's not taught as much. And it's something that then we invest separately on a personal level a lot of the time. You know, it's kind of hard sometimes because you don't see it as much. And that, thankfully now, because of the wealth of people that are trying to help others change their patterns and their habits in their life and really make a difference we have more people that actually are championing that type of leadership, but it is still something that, you know, we are getting our grips with. And on my personal opinion, and would like to hear yours as well. To me, what I really figured out has helped me the most has been time because I've been doing this for eight years and being able to try different things, learn from anything things, make the mistakes. I'm a practical person. I like to learn by doing. So making the actual mistakes is what really has taught me how to do things better. And I think to me, that's been an invaluable teacher that time because I've never given up. And that I think has been one of the things I've been most proud of. So I don't know how you feel about the element of obviously being able to go through that journey as well and honoring the journey as much as that kind of like golden nugget they were looking for. Yeah, I, I think it, it's so interesting that you've just said that because I have a, an Instagram post coming out later that's drafted about time and, you know, about taking action. But essentially, you know, you're you're very you're very right. Like obviously, these skills are seen as soft skills traditionally, but we, we all know that actually, they're they're so much more than that. They're they're kind of belittled in, in so many ways, and I think they're much more powerful than they're given credit for. Um, and I'm actually reading a book at the moment, which is talking a lot about that, which is basically saying, you know, you can give strategy to people and you can give tools to people, and one person will go away and make millions from it, and the other person, nothing will happen. And you've got to understand why, why is there that difference? And when you've got a limiting belief that is stopping you from really fulfilling that action, or you've got a fear that's stopping you from taking the right step or showing up or, you know, exposing yourself in the way that you, you quite rightly should be, should be doing, then that's going to hold you back. So therefore that just demonstrates how important mindset work is. And I'm totally with you that mindset and strategy are so incredibly important both of them are so important you can be have all the will in the world that you know you are ready to go and you have you've broken down your limiting beliefs but if you don't know the, the steps to get there then it's it's really hard to do so so that's why you know with my coaching my clients I try and pull them together as, as much as I can and I've almost like lost my trail of thought about what your final question was I think it was kind of where you're standing with this and you pretty much told me where you're standing with this. So you didn't, you, you went, you went well, you just went straight <laughs> for it. You just kind of like, you smashed it and then you came back again and you smashed it one more time. So <laughs> don't, don't, don't worry, you know, you, just you, you along and <laughs> it's all right. It's, it's like, I call it this, the squirrel brain. I was talking to somebody and I said, yeah, I have a bit of a squirrel brain. And they were like, oh, now it makes sense. <laughs> it's fine because then that's that's the energy that i bring in and as you're saying these are the things that make us unique so if that squirrel brain gives the energy out that people love thank you squirrel okay it's fine it's not an hamster it's a squirrel take that but i want to say thank you so much for taking the time it was lovely and also quite refreshing and i think it's something that in the next couple of years people are you know, are really going to cherish even more so than obviously the next couple of months. That's a good toolkit to have. Now, before we finish off, I have the hardest question of them all. Yes, indeed. We saw this little bit for last. The question that we ask everyone, so get ready. If you could. (laughs) No, you don't have to do jumping jacks. If you could, (laughs) just in case, have brunch with 
anyone, dead or alive, who would this person be? Go. Oh, wow. That is such a big question on the spot. I know. I mean, you're... Do you know who I'm going to say off the top of my head? And I will later be like, no, I shouldn't have said that. I'll change. I'll change to someone else or something. Someone who I'd love to talk to is Yuval Noah Harari, who wrote Sapiens, Homo Deus, 20, 21 Lessons of the 21st Century. Because I just think he's a fascinating person in the sense of how he has brought together so much history, so much philosophy, so much theology. Like He's literally brought everything together. And the way he's depicted how the world is going to be over the next 100 years and, and looking forward with, you know, artificial intelligence and how we sort of approach one another as a as a society I think it's just all extremely interesting from like an anthropological point of view so and this is where I think you know I probably will kick myself and think about somebody else later but I just think you know I, I do so much reading for my work and personally as well and I think sometimes actually expanding your your repertoire and the topics that you read about can actually be really key to your development and your self-awareness and all of those sort of things actually drawing it all together because it's all life and it's all information so yeah I mean they're some of my favorite books so I would definitely say him I love that no that's that's great and again sometimes that the the first thing person that comes to mind is a good one because he's a bit different yeah. you know I'll say I, mean, there's loads, I mean there's loads of people I'd love to have this is the typical like dinner party question isn't it <laughs> <laughs> exactly and then you start well we had somebody once in season one I think they had about six people and they were like can I have a few people I was like okay let's see how it goes I was like well all right now we got a banquet how are we gonna do about that one yeah, yours is more so, like a party <laughs> exactly it was like oh, the, the, we, we bent the rules I was like fine I'll deal with that once again thank you thank you very much if I were asking you where can people find out more about you where should we direct them what are the best places yeah, I would say the best place is my Instagram, which is at Fiona Moss underscore, or my website, which is www.fionamoss.co.uk. And on there, I have a number of free downloads, uh, but one which I think would particularly be helpful for your audience was a free workbook all about how to overcome imposter syndrome. So I feel like that's particularly relevant for anyone listening to, to this conversation who is struggling with resilience, feeling caught up in everything that's going on. And just helping them step up and like stand into their own light really thank you so much for listening don't forget to check our show notes for more juicy goodness about this episode if you loved it please take some time to give us five stars on itunes and make sure that you let us know your ha-has and takeaways on instagram at creative impact co also you can find out more about us on our website at creativeimpact.group